Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's going on, party people? It is movie time! Movie time? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Movie Time. This is the beefiest episode in regards to the Oscars that we're going to be doing. We are going to be addressing best feature films. So a lot to talk about here. Let's try not to waste too much time. But I am your co-host, Renee, a.k.a. Loki Geek, here with my buddy Blake Wolf the Wolf what up how's it going Renee good good I'm excited to talk about everything we're going to be talking about in this episode because this is the meat and potatoes here this is what people are dying to see every year who's going to walk away with best film overall right so like I said it's uh, a lot to talk about so join in the conversation I'm sure there's going to be tons of opinions out there people with their own personal favorites those who want to choose one movie to win over the other so definitely want to hear all your thoughts about these categories let us know in the comment section and as always show us some love hit that like smash it punch it tickle it do whatever you want to it just as long as you hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already it really goes a long way for us and if you want an audio version of this episode you can find it on the Loki geek channel through your podcast platform of choice just look for that and you can download the episode directly from there cool uh so i think it's time let's talk about the the gigantic category here we're going to be talking about 10 movies um and it is best feature film so let me change the screen here and do 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 uh what best picture there you go get ready to i'm just gonna as well clear my throat beast to go down the list yeah so since this is a huge category i think what we're gonna do is that we're gonna go down the list give our thoughts on each of the the films nominated here so at least we can like uh, evenly talk about uh each of the categories and give them the proper light um so first we have belfast so belfast uh i'll start off here um i saw it in the theater um again we talked about its choice of black and white and everything I thought it did add to the charm of the movie I thought the acting was pretty decent all throughout um, we mentioned snubs as far as the main lead actress there I think she should have definitely been nominated for sure because she was to stand out for me throughout the whole movie um, yeah the kid's cute and all that you know and all that um, you know he, he did what he had to do you know we have Kieran Hines who does a really good job the nomination for Judy Dench is questionable really you know, still, I don't understand how that happened. Um, but the movie as a whole was a decent movie. Um, I know a lot of people, when that movie came out, were talking about how amazing of a movie it was. And this was probably the best movie of all of last year and all this. You know, Kenneth Branagh, he, whatever he directs, he actually does a really good job in directing and, and all that. But again, we're talking about 
picture here, and this is about the producers attached and the ensemble of the people who brought this movie together. I think the movie does a really good job at portraying a real true-to-life story of his upbringing and the situation surrounding it. Um, would I consider it to be best picture? Probably not, but if you were to round up some of the best movies that come out that came out of the year, I couldn't. I would have to agree that this is probably one of them, even though it's not at the very top of the list. Yeah, if you told me that Dame Judi Dench had a KGB level operation where she has dirt on just whole the majority of uh, and like has security threatening and intimidating voters, there's that's that that makes sense for why why she got a nomination. Otherwise, I don't I don't get it. The we we talked about this one with best director, so I'll keep keep my thoughts brief. Um, it was a crowd pleaser. It was well done, well executed. I don't think anyone's taking it seriously for a winner in this category. Mm-hmm. It's almost like because of the ranked choice voting aspect, this will not. This will be a like middle favorite. Some people might have it, it in the top choice. A bunch of people might have it in the top three. Um, I don't think it will be uh, the number one choice on enough ballots to actually win out. It is the kind of movie, though, you have to take it seriously because nobody has a problem with it. And there's some years where we see that's all it takes is just being lovable, um, even if you're not the the best movie. Um, that's happened uh, too many times. And it has kind of that, that feel. Um, it reminds me in some ways of like a Little Miss Sunshine family movie that everyone's going to enjoy. Um, and some aspects of it remind me of Green Book too. Um, mm. If I almost wonder if there, if it was a number one choice, maybe there would be more backlash happening right now. Um, it's a pretty harmless movie. Uh, I it feels like one of those that when people put it through like a critical microscope, it actually they say, oh, that wasn't as good as as um, Power of the Dog or Drive My Car. Or great movies that deserve to be taken seriously. Right. I left kind of going like, yeah, that was good Oscar bait, um, and that's that's how I feel about it was well done it was a good movie mm-hmm. um there are some years where this might be a favorite i'm glad that that's not this year that we had some things that were really top of the line um, that we can get to but um pretty inoffensive movie uh that some of the acting nominations don't make sense that we do have judy dench and uh, we don't have balf but uh otherwise yeah it was, it was, a, it was a lovely it was a lovely movie nothing to get mad about but nothing to get too no. excited about no absolutely um next we have coda uh, Coda was a movie that came out on Apple Plus uh, with a very limited theatrical release time, um, but it was a movie that shocked me in a good way. I was so very surprised on how much I loved this movie last year. Um, it was tear jerky. It was heartwarming. Nice coming of age story. Great ensemble cast that features majority of deaf actors in it, which I thought was a great choice and a necessary choice if you wanted to really portray that type of storyline. You know, we talked about uh, Troy Kotzer, who's nominated for Supporting Actor, and how I really would love for him to win that award. Um, You also have... um, uh, oh God! We this it happened on this previous episode. Marley, Marley, Marley Matlin, Matlin. yeah, Marley Matlin, yeah, okay. <laughs> who also does uh, gives a, a stunning performance for her character and her role in there. Um, very well directed, um, and I think if anything, um, out of all the movies that I watched last year, this is probably one of those that had the most heart in it 
and it again gets you in the feels big time so when it was announced for best picture i was actually very happy because i didn't think it was going to get considered for anything to be honest with you because not a lot of people were talking enough about it so the fact that it made it onto this list it made me super happy super super happy so yeah i I, this is another one of those um we we talked about it with Flea, where if a movie is heavy, then sometimes I'll put it off until I'm in the in a good headspace to watch it. This one ended up not being. It definitely it, it has a punch, but um, it it definitely landed much softer than I thought it would. I seem to be the only person who wasn't like floored by this movie. I and it's that's surprising to me. And, and then when I've told friends about it, because like the disability representation in this movie, that's awesome. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of that. There's something in- interesting about the dynamic there where the lead actress and the, the centerpiece of the story is a speaking character um, right. who, who isn't deaf. It makes me wonder if maybe that makes it more palatable for mm. the audiences. So then it does get the love and, and it made so much money at Sundance um, when it was bought by Apple um, to where they, they felt like maybe that'd be an easier sell than having the main character doing sign. But Overall, like the, the representation is awesome. Love the characters. It was heartwarming as hell of a story. And we've talked about it before, but family stories, like everyone's been part of a family or near a family. Like yeah. that, that makes it to where it can hit anybody um, uh, where, where they are. Um, th- it was a really beautiful and well done human story. At the end of the day, um, I, I didn't feel like it was overall just as a film exceptional mm-hmm. quality i feel like it was an exceptional story and that's something we see throughout especially the oscars and we don't see it at some other um it, it, at the oscars i feel like and it's almost like an american wave of looking at movies where the story is more important than the execution of the story and how did it make me feel and is it a crowd pleaser is it something i want to see with my family or take my kids to or whatever um i personally didn't love the execution. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but it, to me, like the directing wasn't anything to, to necessarily write home about. The casting was awesome. And then I'm also thinking about where last year we had Sound of Metal in Best Picture nomination. We were talking about Riz Ahmed with our, uh, we were talking about animated movies and being a producer yep. on Flea. Um, but that is a, an, someone who is able to hear playing someone who is going deaf. Um, this movie, I think they did a lot of things right. So on the behind the scenes aspect, I almost feel, and obviously it made so much at Sundance. If we were only looking at like the business aspect of this movie, that is is definitely um, it is an out, more outstanding to me than the actual the, the directing and the that final film product. And then the other main thing about it is acting. So I'm glad that's getting um, cred. And I my understanding right now is that Troy Kotzer is the favorite for for supporting actor. If it wins that, I think that's a good night good night for coda um and a good night for disability uh, a good evening for disability representation yeah um i don't think it's it's going to be a big contender in best picture overall but um i'm i'm very glad it's on this list for sure yeah um yeah to go back to what you mentioned too the choice of um having the lead actress uh a speaking giving her a speaking role and having her not be the deaf 
person in that family. Um, I think in a way that kind of puts us in her shoes, makes us be able to relate to what she may be going through. Because as an audience, we will may not all be able to relate to the members of the family who are deaf and who can't speak and, you know, they communicate through sign language. But to use her as the one we're following throughout the storyline, it makes it a little a lot more relatable. And I think that's why a lot of people were touched by this movie at the end of the day. Um, to go through what she has to go through and, and see the challenges that her and her family have to face every day. Um, it, it just made it a really, really great choice. I, I And again, another notch on that belt of why this movie, I think, is, is well-deserved of at least this nomination, right? So um, next we have Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. So yeah, a lot of people have different things to say about this movie. Um, Definitely, it is a very Adam McKay movie. Um, you know, it had a lot of uh, uh, humor and kind of uh, dark humor, you know, a lot of nods and pokes at real life situations and kind of putting it into the forefront. Um, I enjoyed probably two thirds of the movie. And then at I would say towards the end, I already got tired of the shtick. Um, I think it was just a little bit too preachy at the end and too close to home uh, where, you know, we are living in a situation where government sometimes can be seen as a joke. And he really puts that into forefront in this movie. And I'm just like, I live this every day. I don't need to watch a movie highlighting the absurdity that we see sometimes. Right. Um, so but that being said, again, the, the, the actors that they got in this movie, I think, did a, a great job. You know, Leo did a really good job. It was nice to see Jennifer Lawrence back in a prominent role. You know, she's been kind of taking a she's took a little seat back for a while because uh, I think uh, there was a bit of. Uh, J-Law fatigue uh, out there so it was nice to see her come back but I didn't see her being anything but what she normally would be like you know, as far as uh, acting is concerned um, I think the standout for me was definitely Jonah Hill uh, every time he was on screen I couldn't help but laugh because it was when I talk about absurd he is the definition of absurd when it comes to characters uh, in this movie um, but yeah it, it is what it is uh, I, like I said I don't hate it uh, it's just like after a while I got tired of the McKay shtick and I was just like okay you know I, I, I get it you don't need to pound me over the head with it and all that you know so and I think a lot of people felt the same way yeah, I think because the, the question is on the Adam McKay stick is who is Adam McKay as a director? And the last two, this is the third in a row where it's a serious political topic. But the last two were nonfiction, uh, where it was right. about the big short um, and it was about Dick Cheney with Vice. Um, this one was make believe and conceptually it's based on, on reality. But that's true with a lot of comedies and satires sure. and they're sending up our current society. Like in, in ways, Anchorman is also a send up of like sexism of the 70s right so mm -hmm. he's we know he's able to make movies that are uh, where he's using comedy from that time this feels like a step backwards for his directing career i'm i think he had so much shine from big short and then from vice and this mm -hmm. might be the end of that run i'm gonna be surprised if he unless unless he goes back to his best form i'm gonna be surprised if he doesn't get taken seriously at the oscars for a little bit um just because this was more sticky. The, 
I had a great time with this movie. I really enjoyed it. Kind of surprised Leonardo DiCaprio didn't get like even much talk when it comes to uh, sure. the acting category. I mean, if you mentioned him in our snubs, it was so untalked about. That one was actually a, a, a good role, in my opinion, like where he's, he's doing some acting, whereas a lot of people here are doing, like Meryl Streep's character is in an SNL skit and J law is kind of playing like angsty yelly person. And there's not a lot of nuance in that acting. Um, that's something that was different about the big short is where he's taking beautiful, cool people and making them total quant nerds. And like in this various and, and taking a very difficult subject matter and making it entertaining and appealing, which was what was so impossible about that, that movie in this one, it's almost like that formula got messed up. And so he's taking great actors that he's now able to get into his movies, giving them simpler roles, um, and then taking something that is also miserable to, or, or like a difficult subject, like The Big Short. But it's not complex. It's there's a meteor heading to Earth, and we need to get half of the population to say, "Don't look up." Um, and and how did we get there as a society? And it is honestly, it is a pretty good send up. And if somebody wanted to talk about one of the most um, uh, like movies that speak to the Trump era uh, mm-hmm. in American history, or even the era in a lot of ways that we're still in. This is a is is a pretty good satire. At the end of the day, I don't know if it was a great great movie, um, and I'm yeah. not sure what his what his next move is. I hope I hope it's a step up. We'll see. Not a yeah. sequel to the Step Up franchise, which that would be cool too, <laughs> but I mean, a step hey. up in quality. That could be interesting. Can you imagine an Adam McKay step, uh, you know, step up movie? Like that would be something phenomenal. Um, and if you if you are watching Winning Time on HBO Max, uh, I do oh, feel yeah. like he he is Good going call. back to the McKay that you appreciate from The Big Short and yeah. um, you know Vice because it, again he is retelling something that actually really happened. You know, and the the history of the Lakers and all that and from what i've seen so far i am actually enjoying that more than probably love. don't look up you know as a whole yeah so, no i love it that was the, the first episode blew me away i'm excited yeah. i'm excited for that show you're right that's that's that is his next move right now and i think mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a covid thing with the timing but that's that's good that he gets to go to something well i'm curious how it ends up and how it's perceived uh, by the end of the this season but i'm i'm loving the show yeah, no, definitely. For um, sure. I'm having a technical issue, so I'm going to go off camera for a second, but definitely feel free to, to go on with the, the okay. next credit. No worries. Uh, so next up on the list is Drive My Car. Uh, I think we talked a lot about this movie in the previous category. Uh, again, at, if if you had a chance to watch my live reaction uh, as the nominees were uh, being announced, I lost my shit when they announced Drive My Car as uh, in the Best Picture category. Because, again, like in directing, I was not expecting anyone to consider this movie at all, uh, even though it was probably top three favorite movies I watched all of last year. Last year. Uh, yeah. Um, so when it was announced, I was so pleased and so happy. And, again, like I mentioned in the previous category, if this, if I lived in a world that was catered to me, this would be another parasite moment for me because I would just love not only because I love the movie, but I want people to be able to recognize Japanese cinema more. Kind of just like when Parasite won, I think that opened the eyes more to people when it comes to Korean film. Um, yeah, K-dramas have always been popular for the longest time and you have 
platforms like Netflix who really support that, you know, and, and putting up a lot of K-dramas there for people to watch. But as far as like cinema and actual film is concerned, I think this helped open the door for more of that realization for a more general movie going audience. And I really would love it if this can do that as well, because there's so many great Japanese films out there that I'm sure 95% of the movie going audience have no knowledge about. Um, and I think if anything, that's just what I want this movie to accomplish for everybody. But yeah, I, I, I love this movie a lot. I think I said a lot about it. So yeah, off to you. Now that your video's about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. can hear me, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, perfect. Um, yeah, Do, drive my car. I would uh, the idea of you just like fist pumping every single time it's mentioned, and then and then it keeps oh, yeah. getting mentioned as the categories get better. That's uh -huh. a, that's a sweet moment. Um, this one, yeah, I I think it, again if we're talking about the business aspect of it. The fact that it got here says mm -hmm. a lot. There's a there's another option where it ends up not getting the festival shine that it gets and doesn't get that word of mouth thing going um and it's just it's on criterion and 10 years from now you go hey did you ever see this one let, let me recommend that to you yeah um i'm glad that it, it got in front of me i'm glad that it got in front of such a large audience and then once you mm -hmm. get a best picture nomination a lot of people go see it just for that um yeah. being able to put that on the um i guess it it, it would be the dvd back in the day now it's true they get to put it on the little the thumbnail yeah, but getting this nomination, I'm glad that on the the business aspect that it's able to be a more successful movie, not just a, a one that's well done. The I was listening to an interview with the director the other day, and the way they put it, because the question was like, why do you think this movie got as much uh, attention as it did, and why do you think it speaks to people? And at first, he was like, I don't know, I'd have to ask you. And then he put, said something that to me was absolutely brilliant, where he's talking about the what happens in the movie is there's a main character who loves someone and then that love goes away and the fallout of that. And he basically says, and I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it here. It was done beautifully by, by the translator in this interview, but um, that every single human, the, the problem with love is that the greater you love someone, we know it ends eventually either sadly, like this is depressing as hell, but like either through <laughs> death or breakup or, somebody uh, Casablanca train comes and takes the person away. And yeah. so everyone has that issue in their life that they love people. And this is something that they, that they're not dealing with directly and that you can't or else like it becomes po impossible to be a human. Mm -hmm. And then we're, so even if we haven't all had, um, we're not directing a play after our wife died. This is a very human story. And I think that's part, I, I didn't even th thought about it in, in that way. I, it, it was. A, I think it's a fair question. What makes this movie so special? That so it takes this universal concept that is something that is underrepresented and is is emotionally difficult, and it puts it in. It packages it so perfectly. The three hours go by like a quick car ride, and just no bumps along the road. And I was fully into it. Uh, I absolutely love that this movie. Um, I'm so glad it's on this list. No, for for sure, yeah, and, and uh, like kind of like what I was alluding to when we were talking about it in the previous category, um, it 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 portrays the complex human emotions that is not easy to portray on screen or or any media. You know, I think people tend to forget how you know human experiences, human emotions aren't always black and white. There's a lot of gray areas too. 
And I think a lot of people have problems acknowledging that that's true. And the one thing that this film does, it challenges that way of thinking. It's like, you know, you love somebody, but then they did something as well. You know, could you still equally love that person knowing that that's the case and she's not going to be able to change or he's not going to be able to change and all that stuff. Uh, And then the fallout once that person is gone from your life. Right. So it, 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 it really challenges you to think about those things. And I think that's one of the, the things I really do love about this movie is that, yeah, you know, like it makes you think. And then in, in, in a way kind of almost makes you think about, well, how did my life turn out? And what, is, what are the experiences I went through and all that? You know, how, how did it affect me? Or is it still affecting me? Right. Yeah. And I, I think, again, the human nature of it all it was just so brilliantly done. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of the movie Marriage Story, and the the meme from it is Adam Driver punching the wall. And so often sure. we get movies that are over the top emotional, and we would get that uh, that above and beyond performance. But there is also a moment in Marriage Story because I was thinking of like what are times where we do get to see that nuance done so quietly. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the moment near the end of that where Scarlett Johansson's character is is tying uh, Adam Driver's character's shoes at the end of the movie, and this is someone who they've had all this difficult miserable history he's punching the wall they're screaming at each other and there's this very sweet moment that to if an audience just wants something spoon-fed to them it doesn't make sense why are you being nice to him you're mad at him Mm -hmm. and yet human drama is so complicated and nuanced and for a story this subtle and quiet it takes a story like you know when you when you get in uh hear a a newer car like a tesla and it's just the engine turns on you like that's how this movie is executed, where you're not seeing yeah. someone turning the volume up the whole time or touching the buttons. And instead, it's subtly getting is able to then communicate those subtle and difficult to explain human emotions. That might yeah. be what makes it so successful. Well said, Renee. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I sometimes know what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) next we have dune which is probably you could consider to be the huge blockbuster movie on this list uh the only blockbuster movie on this list uh the visual effects heavy soundtrack you know whatever you want to call it uh masterpiece from denny villeneuve here um like we mentioned before uh, took a, an almost impossible task and transforming a storyline and being able to translate that onto the big screen to what some would say pretty huge success based off its reception, right? Um, we already know Denny is a brilliant filmmaker and he loves the visual spectacle. He loves the cinematic experience as far as getting the full look and feel and sound when watching this movie on the big screen. And if you didn't watch Dune on the big screen, I think you may have missed a lot of that because I watched it in the theater twice and it, it hit me equally the same um, each time I saw it. Um, you watch it at home, you still appreciate the story and the acting and all that stuff like that, but it's really the movie-going experience that this movie really brought to you. Um, and it's nice to see something like this recognized. Um, it definitely was uh, one of, uh, I, not top three, but top five for sure movies for me uh, of last year um, but it was just nice to see it a little nod to it and like okay we recognize that you know Denny did a good job here um, and you know and the cast that they were able to put together too I mean it's just uh, unbelievable that they were able to get such a full-fledged cast for this movie yeah um, the uh, as you know this isn't my 
genre necessarily the fantasy sci-fi stuff it's definitely more yours um Mm -hmm. you better be able to speak to Mm -hmm. it i think just as far as the movie-ness of it goes the fact that it wasn't a flop says so much as soon as people hear that dune's being made they're going like oh god please don't do it again or else Mm -hmm. like the the fact that it even was able to get made and it took denis Villeneuve so many years to try to get it made um blade runner 2049 is is an all-time favorite movie of mine yep we know that this director is capable of taking high class, high quality IP and doing something cool and new with it that's respectable to the original property. Mm-hmm. This was this was well done. Um, I'm excited to see the sequel. You're right about the cast. I think that's one of the one of the cooler, funner things about it is especially when you have someone where if the novel is the most um, the, the thing that's lasted the longest in cult in the culture is people already have an image of what that character should be and should look like. And so that's so much more difficult than if you just had an original story. Um, I like the Timothy Chalamet casting a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. He's obviously one of the most popular humans on the planet, even if like, especially older folks don't love him as much or take him seriously as, as a, as a leading man. Um, I, I like that a lot. I, it's not my genre. I left it going. That was really well done. That was cool. I'm glad I saw that. That was, that was awesome. Um, So with that is a, is really high praise for me with with from that genre i had an awesome time and it was obviously the the craft of it um was really well done we can we're not going to talk about score so i think this is a, a a fine time to mention the score for this movie was phenomenal yeah. that's when i honestly i think it will slash i hope it will that hans zimmer gets for that category yeah. mm-hmm. uh gets a win there um i don't think um i know we'll talk about our predictions close close to the end but i don't think it'll get the win here, um, I, it was, we talked about it was snubbed for director. It was mm. a super well done movie. And everyone knows that the Academy needs more blockbusters in yeah. order to get more eyeballs on the presentation. I also almost think that they should maybe go the other direction and go more towards their base and at least lock down the viewers who take movies seriously, as opposed to trying to play to both crowds and then missing out right. on both where no one takes it seriously. That said, Dune is deserves it in both ways. Yes, people bought m- tickets to go see it, and it was a very well done movie. Yeah, uh, definitely more of a, sh- a show up than Tenet was. Uh, so, <laughs> if, if no, anything, hey, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't talk about. Okay, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to you know do a quick thing at Christopher Nolan there. Um, now we're gonna have a one hour sidebar about Tenet and what I thought. <laughs> we should have recorded that future episode. Yeah, yeah, the twenty year episode. Um but uh so my only last question about because I agree with you, I don't think it's gonna walk away with the with the win in this category. Um could this be another Peter Jackson situation where like kind of what he did with Lord of the Rings, everyone waited for the last movie to come out and then that's what swept the Oscars that year. Could this also be that type of situation if part two and part three, if they knock it out of the park? like big time and there's no other major competition right, right. like that comes out could th- could denny finally get that recognition for his accomplishment for all the movies right uh it, i think it's possible but again it's hard to say without knowing you know what's coming out around those times right and, and if part two becomes a major flop then we probably won't even be able to get to see a part three right you know right. so 
who's to say, but uh, it would be interesting to see for sure. Um, that is, if he doesn't come across, a, I don't know, an Avatar 3 or something that year know. comes out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see about that. Um, yeah. I guess my skin turned purple right as you mentioned Avatar 3. Um, there you go. The, the um, I, I That narrative doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think people use that to explain why he was snubbed for director. And maybe there's enough voters who say, I got to wait to see until your whole franchise is complete. We've seen movies that are part of franchises when early on before. I, I don't know if that's enough of a reason. And it also makes me wonder, will it get that much love when it comes out? Obviously, we have to see what that property is like. If it was the exact same thing, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, oh, damn, you can do it twice. Now we'll give you the love. But that the one time wasn't wasn't enough. Um, that's that is possible. I don't know if people are necessarily saying like, well, I know there's gonna be a part two. So I'll just wait and, and do it then. It might be that that someone executed something and it's more difficult when you do something multiple times and do it right each time that especially in, in hollywood sequels are big money earners but when you do it well it is it it's all the difference in the world and then some things have been single-handedly created ip because someone did it well three times in a row and like star wars has made billions for the industry when yeah. like at one point that was uh that was just what one movie that had done well but once you have three in a row like now you're talking next level um so maybe they, that's what it would take uh for him to get the cred we uh, Denis Villeneuve is also a, a respected director um yeah. I think it might just be the votes didn't quite add up this year um and that that might not necessarily have to be the narrative um I we, we don't think it's going to win this one we'll have to see what the, the next project is but I I think Villeneuve is making crowd-pleasing movies that cinephiles adore, and that is a good recipe to be at the Oscars for for a while to come, regardless yeah. of, of Dune's chances uh, on Sunday or um, in in the future. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. For the week of March 21st, I'm participating with other creators on YouTube to help raise awareness of the level of humanitarian crisis happening in Ukraine. One million displaced Ukrainian children urgently need your help. We are teaming up with UNICEF, who will be providing humanitarian aid to these children in need. If you have the means, please visit creatorsforpeace.com and hit that donation button to donate what you can. Any amount will go a very long way. Appreciate your consideration and kindness. Thanks for watching. So next on this list, we have King Richard. Um, this is definitely the category that Will Smith has the huge potential in finally walking away with uh, his best acting nom there. Um, the story of the uh, the Williams sisters there, Serena and Venus, their upbringing, the father figure who was their coach that taught him the way and, um, you know, along with his wife, you know, kind of getting them out of the the ghetto of Compton and do something that was unheard of at the time and penetrate a mostly predominant white sport and kind of rule the roost there. Um, we don't get to see the full uh, effect because I th it ends basically at a certain point when they're just starting really um, and getting that recognition. Um, but we see the trajectory of the two sisters there. And it's definitely one of those empowering movies. Um, it, it made me feel good at the end of it. You know, like it, it was uh, uplifting and um, powerful in a sense that it made me realize what they t what they went through and how much of an influence their father was uh, for that 
that reason. Uh, very different from like the whole Tiger Woods situation with his dad, you know, and, and other situations where you have, you know, parents um, kind of meddling and interfering with someone's trajectory, like maybe like the ball father and all that, you know, um, as far as uh, like uh, in basketball terms, uh, when you talk about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I like the movie a lot. Uh, I like I said, it, it I left the movie feeling uh, very empowered, very, you know, you know, I felt good. It was a definitely a feel good movie. Um, and yeah, I agree. Like Will Smith gave a brilliant performance. Um, but as far as a uh, movie as a whole, uh, it, it does belong on this list, but I don't think it's going to be um, considered for for the win here. Yeah, um, I'm I'm a huge tennis fan, was raised in a tennis loving family and was aware of of uh, Richard Williams most of my life. Um, my family got to go see Venus and Serena when they were young, young and oh, awesome. raising their hair. Um, I, I think Serena was about 13, 14 at the time ish. Um, and they're playing a local tournament in Oklahoma where I'm from. Um, it was, it was so, um, it was so the opposite of today's environment where Serena is sitting on the small bleachers on the side of the, the tennis court with her mom and my mom, she compliments my mom's jewelry. My mom's telling her where to go shopping that weekend in Oklahoma while while they're in town. And it's oh, just like, awesome. and when you're talking about like where the movie ends, it basically ends where we know what the what happens next. Like everything after yeah. that is literally in the history books because with Serena and her sisters up there, but with Serena, we're talking about greatest athletes in history. Conversation mm -hmm. with Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, anybody else. Um, so it's I I think it was that's one of the more interesting things that they did with the movie is take such a prominent person and you Serena gets the fourth most lines in the movie right to my mm -hmm. knowledge she's and she was in the backseat to Venus earlier in her career um, but in this movie there they they didn't change that around and there was a few moments like one day Serena you'll get to you'll have your chance and they're, they're yeah. doing that thing but otherwise um, Will Smith I think we, we talked about this with the acting categories that was a fun episode to do with you I, I think Ingenue Ellis gets supporting actress, or at least I think she should. Um, I think that might be the, the oh, and then Will Smith for for best actor. I think that might be the best day for this movie at the Oscars. Um, Ingenue Ellis bringing that movie together with her role and how well she executed that role. Um, one that's difficult, where she is the, like in the Serena kind of way, she is more in the background for a lot of it, but then by the end, it turns out she was the most important person the yeah. whole time and like keeping that mm -hmm. whole thing together, even if it was more quietly. Um, and then w with Will Smith doing the thick accent, his hairline isn't as cute as it is in real life. He's kind of like uglifying himself a little bit. I think that mm -hmm. this movie can win one or two acting categories and that's a good day for it um at the end as for the actual film itself it was definitely a feel good it was a family movie it was some uh, we know that the oscars love biopics of well-known people they did a different angle it wasn't the serena williams story i thought that was cool right. um they found it was um it was about richard williams who is a public figure but not it's not the same thing um as doing like bohemian rhapsody so i think it takes enough boxes it makes sense that it's on this list um, I don't think it, it, it's special enough of a film on its own right to win Best Picture. We've been seeing Venus and Serena at some of the award shows cheering this movie on. Um, I was just doing an interview with the, um, the, the person who's putting together the show for the Oscars, and they're asking, what can we expect? He said something about, like, oh, people outside of the Hollywood, uh, normal Hollywood industry will be there. I was like... Okay, I have a feeling Serena and Venus are going to be at the Oscars this year. Even <laughs> if I hated movies, I'd be tuning in just because I, I love 
I, I like that they've been there and smiling along and and having a good time. Um, we were talking earlier about with Best Director and how they caught some stray fire from Jane Campion for for no reason. Uh, even though she was trying to praise them, um, it ended up being like a backhanded compliment. Um, but nonetheless, that that moment aside, um, it's it's also been awesome to see Venus and Serena there and that star wattage in a room with the likes of Will Smith. Um, it's a it's a powerhouse of a movie and, and on the, the business end um, as an adaptation of a of a difficult man's life. Um, and and a difficult history to tell with with those sisters finding something yeah. there uncovering it and then doing it so well as in kind of like it felt like an indie movie at the end of the day that was sure. that was that was cool to see yeah no definitely i i think it's also one of those movies where maybe in another year if this movie came out in a different year where it wasn't as stacked that it is right now right. it could potentially have that uh ability to you know win best uh film and all that but i think with all the competition that they have faced right now you're right like for if you know will smith winning you know ingenue winning i think that would be like the 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 you know the nod the proper nod that this film will get as far as what it was able to accomplish that, that's something we haven't talked about a lot with this oscars combo is that a lot of these movies were 2021 movies or yeah. there were 2020 movies for 2021 Oscar con contention. Last year, if it's against Nomadland, I don't know. I, it's obviously impossible to to retcon that history. It's possible yeah. that it's 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 a front runner in in that conversation. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely. It, one fun thing about the Oscars this year has been so many movies got pushed into 2021 yeah. for tragic reasons. But then I remember even early early COVID times going like, okay, so if all these movies are getting pushed. They're going to come out eventually. That'll be right. the best year in cinema history, and it's it's been pretty sweet. Uh, this list mm -hmm. is stacked. So yeah, now it's more like King Richard might be like the seventh choice of the ten or something like that. But right. no, you're not you're not wrong. It was yeah. it was it deserves its roses. No, for sure. Um, next on the list, Licorice Pizza. Uh, I think we talked a good amount about this, um, you know, in the previous category with Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, again, I can't speak much on it because I didn't see it. Uh, so, Blake, I'll let you take uh, go forward with this uh, as far as its significance on this list. Paul Thomas Anderson a tour of our times. I think you know, I had a conversation recently um, where we're talking about what are the best current era directors. And there's the, obviously there's the all time list, especially when you include people from the seventies, the Scorsese's mm -hmm. and the Spielberg's. And we're talking about who are those people of our time and who are the best of them. There's the, the Christopher Nolan's, the Denis Villeneuve's, um, the Wes Anderson's. And then in my mind, and I know I'm a film bro, Paul Thomas Anderson to me is number one. When you look at dude's resume, and there aren't misses on the resume. And he's been going strong. Before Boogie Nights, the movie um, Hard Eight, I loved that movie, um, even though that was like what helped him get in the door and people taking him seriously. Um, early John C. Riley, if anyone hasn't seen that, that's a fun. Um, you definitely see Paul Thomas Anderson being a great director right out of the gate. Um, and then everything since then, Magnolia, um, every the master to me is my favorite. A lot of people put There Will Be Blood at the top of their list. And Hair of Ice might be a bit of a whiff. Some people thought um, early on this this might be also more of a whiff. And then the, enough people saw it. It was This to me is a special movie. It's a unique one. It, I don't think it's, if we're talking about There Will Be Blood or The Master, we're talking about these iconic main characters and this mm -hmm. very heavy subject matter. This one is 
in some ways sweeter and more lighthearted. We talked about some of the controversies around it and it is dealing with very specific things of an era and there's there's a gas shortage happening that is yeah. crucial to the movie. Um, Bradley Cooper gets a fiery five minutes of someone, you know, who is in, it's almost like in other Wes Anderson mo- or Paul Thomas Anderson movies, he's the main character, that type of like just absolutely mad power, mad crazed dude. Um, right. it, it's worth it just, just for those scenes alone. Um, at the end of the day, I think anything Paul Thomas Anderson, he could he can make a sandwich for breakfast and it could get a best picture nomination. That said, I don't think this is going to be um, finishing strongly in this year's contenders. If it was Phantom Thread, The Master, There Will Be Blood, one of those, then it might be in the conversation or it might be giving Power of Dog a run for its money. This year, not so much. It seems like lesser fair where he's going back to his era of childhood um and the and talking about stories from that time the two main characters are are young people they're both new actors which i think is one of the more interesting accomplishments from this one someone who in the master directs daniel day lewis and philip seymour hoffman Mm -hmm. two greatest actors of the last 30 years i don't know who's arguing with that like there's a few people contending for it but otherwise and then he's taken two people, Alana Haim and then um, Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, uh, and their debut movies, and doing a great job in a more naturalistic uh, movie. I think directorially, it is just as good about as anything else he's done. I think the mm. content, the subject matter makes it where people aren't taking it as seriously yeah. as those yeah. movies. And it's not as Oscar Beatty traditionally as some of the things he's done before. So I think that's probably why it's on this list. And I also think it's part of why it won't. Um, won't be uh, a top contender at all. Right. Yeah. No, uh, definitely well said there. Uh, like I said, I can't speak too much about it. Um, but hearing you talk about the concept of the movie and how PTA kind of took something from his childhood and stuff that he's familiar with, almost kind of reminiscent to what Quentin did with his last movie too, where he kind of yeah. took an error from his life and kind of paid homage to it, right? So it is interesting when you see directors getting to a certain stage in their life where they feel comfortable doing something similar in that vein, right? Like, will we see Spielberg eventually do that? I mean, I know, is he is it him that's working on his own autobiography or is that someone else? That I, I've intentionally been not paying attention to that news because I'm so okay. fascinated by that project. <laughs> I'm excited to yeah. see what happens there, but we're also talking about um, uh, the movie. We're talking about Roma. We're talking about Kenneth right. Branagh. And it's almost mm-hmm. like if someone gets enough, like they get that blank check where they can just do whatever they want with, they go, Hey, what about that time I was nostalgic for? And what anybody who would love to do in therapy is get to relive some of their childhood. And this one actually not too dissimilar from what's fun time in Hollywood. It's more of a tribute to that era. It's not about him. It's uh, supposedly his friend it has a lot of these stories that they're basing some of it off of and some of it's fictionalized, mm-hmm. but similar to what's fun time in Hollywood, Bradley Cooper's playing a, a Titan of Hollywood in that era. Uh, and uh, but that's a, such a minor role. I, I I like what you're saying though. That makes sense. I I, I want somebody to like put together. I want Quentin Tarantino to put together like a curate a film festival of just great directors, <laughs> eighth movies where it's set in the time of their childhood because that's gonna be a right, fun. right, yeah. Like something just easy for them to do because they could relate so much to it and speak up so much about it, right? Like, it, yeah, right. that would be interesting just to see that list of of directors mm-hmm. who've done similar movies, right? So, hey, that could be a, a future episode. Who knows? Right. Um, 
So next, uh, again, I think this is both you and I favorite, um, uh, based off of a lot of the categories we were talking about, and that's Nightmare Alley. Um, again, oh, sorry, you said my favorite. Oh, you mean Space Jam too? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I meant like second se- second favorite. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. my bad. My, my bad. I, I'm really, really sorry. Please forgive me. Space Jam Two. Send um, me those checks. Send me some free swag. Send me some. I know, right? I wear every day. I, Come I really on. need them. Yeah. Come on, Bronny. Yeah, we're we're giving you as much love as possible. Um, but Biggest yeah, Nightmare Alley. <laughs> um, Nightmare Alley. I think this is another nominee that I also really, really fell in love with when I heard it being announced because, just like Drive My Car, I was not expecting any shine uh, to be given to this movie. It came out at a very unusual time where you had Spider-Man No Way Home dominating the box office and this came out around the same time and hardly anyone was paying attention yeah. to it. Um, and which is a shame because it really deserved the attention that um, that now it's getting. So I'm really happy that it finally got its nod here. Uh, we spoke about this movie already. Uh, I don't know what else more there is to say. It's just a brilliantly done movie, great directing amazing cast great storyline um even though depressing as it is um it's still very well executed um you know this is a type of movie that i do feel people will be talking about a lot more so within you know guillermo's library of films um you know he's not a stranger to being nominated i mean shape of water obviously was a surprise runaway uh during that year it won a best feature I think this is better than that, you know. So, again, if this came out in a different year, like your example, if this came out the same year Nomadland came out, I pr- I'm pretty sure that this could have a good <laughs> shot at, you know, winning the Oscar that year. But I'm just really, really happy it's getting the recognition that it's getting now. We were talking about the black and white treatment with Belfast and how that, similar to to last year where Parasite came back out in theaters in black and white. I saw that. I had a great time. I got it totally. It's a film nerd kind of thing, but it totally reframed the movie. There are certain things that popped out more than other things. Um, I thought that was fun. They did that too with Nightmare Alley. Problem is, I couldn't bring myself to stomach that that film again. I do agree with you. I think in film classes, thirty years from now, that might be the Guillermo del Toro one that makes the syllabus. I'm not sure, but that that's very possible. It. I think part of the problem is word of mouth, and and I'm not. It's to me very unrewatchable. I literally, I remember having a hard time sleeping that night, and I I was hungry before the movie, and I couldn't eat <laughs> the movie because my stomach was upset. I know I'm a little sensitive. If someone likes horror movies and has a good stomach for that, it's it shouldn't be that much of a problem. But watch it, the, the final scene. I think everyone needs to see it one time. It is not so upsetting that it's it will like I, I know that that's a strong reaction. It, that's just how well done the movie was. The final scene where Bradley Cooper smiles and he has that final line blew me away. I, I the fact he's not nominated in the acting category for this to me is a huge snub. Um, even though people weren't talking about it enough and people seemed to be just happy it was nominated at all. They weren't expecting much. It was released on Spider-Man Weekend, right? That's uh, that's a tough uh, second billing. I, this feels like one of those right where we're not giving it its its due in present day. I it was s- such an amazing movie, um, and yeah. and we know that Guillermo del Toro is great. When he, he was 
recently um, went went viral in the film world for um, talking about some of the craft categories that there aren't going to be included the traditional way during the the ceremony. And yep. he was going on about how important the crafts are. And I do believe that uh, there's a few directors on this list that that w- we could make this claim for, but they are taking every single category and executing them and the amount like it's it, he's feels like a Spielberg level of someone who cares mm-hmm. about making movies so damn much. And yeah. I, I'm going to go and agree with you. It doesn't make sense after like the first wave of people seeing it, but I'm going to say it's his best movie. I feel, feel fully comfortable with that, especially if we don't, yeah. if we're excluding genre movies, um, yeah. which he's, he's was traditionally more of a genre movie guy, but if we're not, if those, if it's harder for those to compete in that category, it's, this is for, um, just all movies. I, I think this is the best one. At least it spoke to me most intensely. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, um, again, you know, we, we know a lot of movies out there may not be uh, in the general audience or at the time it come out like a huge critical acclaim type of movie, but it becomes a cult hit, right? Because people see it after the fact, right? So that's yeah. why I do feel... And it also depends on what else he has coming out in the next couple of years. But in 10 years time, I could easily see yeah. people talking about this movie and bring it up yeah. in conversation, you know. So, uh, again, just really happy that it did get its recognition in this category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next, uh, we have only two left. So we have next the power of the dog. So, again, uh, not Temple of the Dog, which was a trivia question that I got incorrect <laughs> uh, during one of our trivia nights. Uh, but this is the Jane Campion uh, epic uh, or opus uh, to uh, a new... Uh, would you consider this movie to be a Western? I feel like there's that kind of debate on, like, is it a Western? Is it not? Um Somebody, somebody called it an anti anti western. I was like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna throw them all in that category." Sure. At all that right. point, yeah. why why get so meta? Yeah, it's it's yeah. set in the west. There's there's cowboy dudes on mm-hmm. the ranch and farmer stuff happening. It is yeah. so much more than just a western. And yeah. the traditional western being like uh, more uh, gunslingers duking it out in mm-hmm. um, a frontier town. Like it's not that, but it, I'm I'm. I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, it falls in that umbrella. At the end of the day, if there was one category, it's like a human drama uh, mm-hmm. that that just absolutely face fucks the audience with the <laughs> high quality of acting. And like, it feels right. more of a, a drama than like it transcends Western for sure. But I'm going to say it's we're going to give it both of those categories when it gets sure. a little slash between them. And some some movies get like the little four different categories. It's definitely the Western one, in my opinion. Yeah, even if no, Sam Elliott sure. disagrees, but he's, well, we he's already just... know what what he could do. You know, call him a little B word. You know, Mister Mustache. Um, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I starred in a bunch of westerns. This is not western. You know, whatever. Um, but anyway, um, hey, this... your voice I stole. <laughs> it was your bad opinions. Let's go. We're going after Sam Elliott. Let's do it. I know. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's let. Come on, guys. Let's tweet at him. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of comparisons to Brokeback Mountain here in a certain way. Um, but I think it it has some aspects of that. Again, it's a movie that deals with human condition, sexuality, 
um, relationships, family. It has a lot of that drama in there. Um, and how people are perceived one way without realizing that there's something completely different because of the way they choose to live their lives and all that. Um, I, I think the the directing was pretty well done here. Um, the acting itself is phenomenal. A lot. I think everyone in the cast, you could easily say, uh, does an amazing job and at any given time could be recognized for their work on this film um and you know i when i did when i watched it i really really loved it um i don't think i would put this in my top five of last year but definitely top 10 for sure um because it, it definitely is a movie that i really enjoyed as far as the the cinephile in me appreciates yeah. this movie you know and i think that is what it's going for or that's what those who consider themselves to be cinephiles or fans of cinema appreciate this movie the most and you know general audiences probably won't um but i i do recognize uh, what it was able to accomplish and it definitely it definitely does deserve to be on this list um and I guess in a way it is uh, one of the forerunners for winning as well in this category, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think it's the favorite. We talked about Jane Campion being a favorite for director, her career trajectory where she wins back in the day and then is, doesn't get what a, any other man would have gotten since then is just like, Oh, you get to make any movie you want after that. And, mm -hmm. and their careers kind of roses. Um, has instead had a long and, and tough road uh, since then as a director and making right. great movies. Um, Bright Star is a favorite. Um, yeah. the, and I, I almost want to say The Pianist. Is it The Piano? Um, the, her movie from 1990 that, that, gets, um, that gets her the nomination oh. back then. But yeah. I, the 90s. But um, I, at an absolute, like, an unvarnished career, high-quality cinema... And then being able to make it, this feels like an apex of of Jane Campion's career. As when we're looking back, I think this is the best movie that she's made. I don't know if you pulled it up, but the yeah, um, it was it was a piano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I this is one I want to rewatch some of her her older movies, and I want to rewatch this movie again. The first time I saw it, it didn't affect me the way it seems to have affected the the mass audiences but i also got lost in this the directing and some of the storytelling choices and then there's i don't, I don't want to say it here but like there's the big reveal at the end um that changes everything you saw before and exactly what you're saying you think things somebody's one way and turns out they're another and why is that dude so mad i spent most of the movie thinking like wow benedict cumberbatch's character is an asshole i don't want to spend any more time with him <laughs> please, can I watch something else? And then turns out it was much deeper than that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've listened to interviews about it, podcasts about it. I've, I've heard it recontextualized and that makes it so much more special. Um, I personally, I, I'm not far off from you. I think when the critics have a consensus that this is the best movie or one of the best movies, it's very easy for other people to fall in line. Honestly, my first opinion was I didn't love it. And, and it was a more uh, complicated watch than that. And yeah, it is, it is easy to see the, how well done it was. The fact that it's a favorite at the Oscars uh, says a lot about how it got from, I, it, like it's, it speaks for itself. It, it earned its place in this list mm -hmm. just off of merit. Um, 
cast is great. Kirsten Dunst's performance to me, I, I want to watch um, this, the side project that's just her characters the whole mm-hmm. time um, and watching her devolve because that was incredible to see. Um, it gets... It has all four actors in, in the acting categories, right? With Cody Smith McPhee, Kirsten Dodds, Jesse Clemens, mm-hmm. and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's unreal on its own. That says a lot about a film's chances at the end of the day. And the fact that it's been doing so well um, in for, with past awards, I, I feel it's the it has the most nominations. I feel confident that it's going to win. Um, I, I am excited to talk about, which we have one more to do, but when we're talking about mm-hmm. snubs and what our favorites were, what, what we would choose but as of as of right now well i'm not sure i don't remember what the last movie is but right now this is power the, of the dog and, <laughs> uh uh oh uh, the last movie we need to talk about um yeah oh i thought you were gonna say clifford the big red dog did you say power power the dog i was no, talking about I was, clifford the time. I'm, oh so okay 2021 clifford the big red dog is that's the movie everyone's talking about right that the, I, the jane campion it, netflix movie about the big red yeah. dog yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought that's what we were talking about. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay, I, I got confused because <laughs> no, because Clifford the Big Red Dog deals with sexuality yeah. and yes. you know relationships yeah. and you know not b- perceiving one thing to be different than they really are. You know, it's 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 all encompassing for sure. Aren't, aren't aren't we all animals and aren't these all just stories about animals at the end of the day? Ex- exactly. What exactly. is the power of the dog when you think about it? <laughs> what, what is life? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the last movie here on the list. And that is Space Jam 2. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Finally, we get to talk about Space Jam 2. It hasn't been getting enough mention. It has not. No, it, it's this movie from up-and-coming director Steven Spielberg that is West Side, West Side Story. Story. Right. Um, what is there to be said about this movie? You have a seasoned veteran uh, legend in Hollywood tackling something he hasn't tackled at all in his career, and that's adapting a musical, uh, a beloved musical. And I know when it was first announced that he was doing that, a lot of people were like, why? Not necessary. The original is good as it is, but it's Spielberg. You know he's going to put his own twist on it. You know he's going to be able to possibly expand on the whole story uh, that is being told in West Side Story, and he does. I watched this movie, but I watched the original right before it, and I love the fact that he was able to expand a lot of moments within the movie that actually made more sense. He rearranged a lot of the music, you know, to kind of properly align with the uh, the way the story beats go. And it really made me understand the the whole story better than the original ever did. Um, yeah. The cast was very well done, uh, with the exception of maybe one person who's still very controversial to this day, Mr. Uh, Ansel Egort there. Uh, but you have great performances from new faces like Rachel Zegler and uh, Ariana DeBose and Mike Feist, you know, who I still think should have been nominated for Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, And another legend uh, returning, Rita Moreno, uh, playing a whole different role in this movie. Um, 
you know, cinematography was brilliant. You know, the colors, the 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 music, the the dancing on the screen, just everything was just what you would expect from Spielberg. And I think he did a really good job. I'm happy to see him do a movie like this because at least he can say that he's done it all at this point. You know, yeah. will we ever see him direct a Marvel film? No, but we don't need that. You know, because he's had his movies in the past, like E.T. that could kind of fall within that genre, right? So he doesn't really need to touch anything like that. Um, some are saying that this might be his last movie before his whatever opus, uh, you know, tribute to himself. I don't know. Um, but if this is one of the last genre type movies he's going to make, I think he it, it's a good way to go out uh, for sure. Um, so uh, uh, definitely deserves to be mentioned and recognized in this category for sure. Um, will it win? more uh, definitely not but it, again it's spielberg you have to kind of recognize whatever he does and whatever he touches but i do think compared to some of his more recent films this definitely does deserve that recognition as far as you know because he, he as of late he's been kind of like Ooh, i don't know yeah. if that was you know worthy of a nominee or what have you but uh but yeah yeah, everything from like the post or Ready Player One. He's in this, he's been in this weird era for a minute. Yeah. Um, where if he's doing more of the sci-fi stuff, um, then and more genre stuff, it hasn't been as beloved. And then his dramas have been beloved by like Oscar voters, for example. But right. you're right. This one is more of a big spectacle, widely seen, and uh, um, I'm. It's nice to see him as a main character in Hollywood with this movie, as opposed to like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, the guy who used to be good made that. Um, right. that, that problem, uh, the, this movie, you're right about it recontextualizing. So my hot take is that this is better than the original mm. at the end of Oscar night. We won't see this have more wins than the original, no matter what the, I personally think the way it recontextualized the story, um, and the, exactly what you're talking about, the story makes more sense and old Hollywood, the old West side story served its purposes they weren't right. as concerned about some of the racial aspects or how did these people get this way? And bad guys are obviously bad and it's okay for, for white, white people to wear brown face and, and speak with accents and, and things like that. That was a different era in Hollywood and it was successful in its time. As far as telling a story, I honestly think this one is more successful. I think the camera, and yes, West Side Story, the original one is groundbreaking. It's doing things that people had not done before, had not seen before. So you got to give it its credit on influence. But when we're comparing like, the camera work in Spielberg, it feels very obvious that this was a labor of love with the uh, the incredible amount of care that went into this film. I think the acting is better than the original. I think mm. that the choreography, I at least found it more compelling, even though a lot of people who didn't like this one were comparing the original going, well, it wasn't the original one and I love that movie, so then therefore this isn't good. If, we, if you just show people who didn't understand that this was, you know, the, the remake, both movies, I honestly think this one is better. And then obviously, like, technically, it's it's easier to make a good movie nowadays with, with our current technology. Um, but even just the story itself, and we better understand with just a few tweaks. Um, I think that's another one, which we're, we're not going to talk about screenplays, but for the adapted screenplay, mm -hmm. Tony Kushner, in my opinion, uh, should have gotten the, the nomination there. Just because, yeah, there's not a lot of work being done. They're not rewriting the whole thing. But... There's a few tweaks that happen that, to me, really help this story become more of a compelling human narrative 
believable story. And when you're talking about musicals, some people don't want it to be believable and they don't want to deal with like the nuances uh, and the realities of the characters. And they like the song and dance thing, which the original did perfectly well. This one, I think takes some of those other aspects and, and brings them out. Um, and it's a more complete film in my opinion. And you're right. Mike Feist snub Rachel Zeigler snub in my opinion. Um, Rita Moreno could have gotten nominated, but, but wasn't, um, but fortunately Ariana DeBose did in that same, what would have been the same category. Um, Ariana DeBose is a favorite or is a possible to likely, um, winner in that category. So, um, I don't think it's going to, it's going to end up with, um, few nominations. And I think at the end of the day, when you come, when it compared to the original, people will say that it, it's not as good and it definitely didn't break as much ground and it won't win as many Oscars. But in my opinion, it was a very successful project and I adored that movie. I saw it multiple, a few times in theaters and I literally wept the first two times I saw it. If someone isn't going in cynically and is open to the experience of that film, I'm, I'm a sucker for musicals. That's part of what does it. Um, we'll talk about snubs in a minute, but in the Heights was another one that had a similar effect on me this year, um, that I think should be on this list. Uh, so it's, I, this movie might not be for everybody, but I think it was a, an incredible achievement as a film. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned in the Heights and we'll transition to snubs in a minute, but you know, there was that feeling that when in the Heights came out, um, that was the musical of last year. And then West Side Story came out and then everyone because there, there was a lot of skepticism with West Side Story. A lot of people didn't want to think that this was going to yeah. end up being the movie it was. And I think it did change a lot of people's minds. Hence why probably this is getting more recognized than In the Heights. Um, I, I do think there's the other contender here that should have been considered as far as best musical was Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, the the power that you got from that movie, you know, I, I that main character and and really believing that this teenage boy can can go it, through life. What yeah. happened? To get a 73-year-old man to play a 14-year-old child without any prosthetics was so incredible. That's what made that movie so powerful. That's a best actor snub. No, if anything, it should have <laughs> at least been nominated for hair and makeup. I mean, come on. I mean, that is like a missed opportunity. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far, but before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you, and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, low-key geek, 
all caps one word you can get 15% off your order so what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. But with that being said, yeah, let us dive into... <laughs> poor poor dear Evan Hansen. Um, let us talk about snubs. So, uh, I don't have many but I, I, I'm dying to hear what you have to say. So let me just go through mine first. Because, uh, again, I don't have many. Uh, if anything, again, it opens up the conversation about uh, what should really be considered uh, as uh, a top film. Like, are we basing it off of cinematic achievement or are we basing it off of the response from the general movie-going audience as far as popularity, right? Because I think one of the biggest arguments here, and I do agree to a certain extent, is Spider-Man No Way Home could have been considered to be best film of last year. And not only did it pretty much, it pretty much revigorated the movie-going experience and broke tons of box office records, yeah. brought people back to theater during a still dangerous time uh, in going out. I think people kind of put caution to the wind and just were like, I need to see this movie, right? And it's it's the only movie that was able to do that all of last year. Um, yes, it's a comic book movie. Yes, it's a superhero movie. It's a genre movie, you know. But it, it argue you could argue the fact that the acting in the movie was actually pretty well done compared to other superhero movies movies that you've seen you know in in recent years um you know i i I just think it would have been nice to and and, you know it's going to be it's going to take time for the academy to uh, be able to accept these type of entries and i think they're trying to uh include such things that's why they're doing like their their twitter vote as to what the twitterverse thinks is going to be the top film which the last time i checked was cinderella like on amazon i'm just like okay (laughs) yeah um but and then there was you know the conversation about um including a new category which is like you know uh popular audience category or something like that you know like let's not turn this into like the mtv movie awards it's not necessary but i think you know the academy should be open to the fact that such films do mean a lot to a lot of people and again going back to what you mentioned before if you want to start increasing your viewership uh to include general audiences a little bit more recognizing these type of films that they are going out to watch uh, will help that and I think will give more um, you know justification as to why someone would spend two to three hours on a Sunday night watching your award ceremony right so um, I do I, I do feel like it would have been nice to see that type of recognition for a movie like that um, other than that I, I you know I, I guess I would say you know again because I am a huge Wes Anderson fan um, you know French Dispatch would have been nice you know, um, you know, in a perfect world, uh, world that's catered to me to be recognized in best film. Um, but when you compare it to everything else on this list, it's it's you know, I could understand why it wouldn't be recognized as much. I actually really enjoyed Come On, Come On. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very well done movie there, and I thought that was something that, you know, would gel well with the voting uh, academy. You know, yeah. that, that's the type of movie that is catered to them. 
Um, and I thought it was brilliantly put together. The acting alone itself was what made that movie. And, it, you know, the, the heart and emotion uh, that Joaquin Phoenix had along with the, the, the boy actor there, I thought was just really, really well done. Um, but um, other than that, Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, come on. That was another movie that was a masterpiece on the oh, screen. Really? And, uh, <laughs> In uh, seriousness, no, that's... would you... Because uh, I know that you are you love these movies. Would you put Spider-Man on your 10 pictures ballot if you had a vote? I'm, I'm going to put you on the record right now. You do? I would. I would, okay. yeah. I would. I, I don't hate it. I, I it's, it's, it's annoying to me because the conversation has been so skewed against movies like that historically i think another, mm-hmm. another fun um series we could do is beyond um it, directors making a movies set in their childhoods would be superhero movies that are taken seriously by critics and uh, we, we've had that conversation before that's a fun one to have where joker gets taken seriously birdman's taken seriously a few years ago even though those aren't traditional superhero movies um, yeah. black panther got some shine uh a, a few years ago i it's so hard to fathom a world where, and people talk about it with comedies too, right? Like Mm -hmm. if Anchorman is the most loved and one of the best written, one of the best, like, I don't know if you'd say acted or improv or whatever, but like, why, why is it not in conversation? But it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around that living in a world where those movies get taken seriously by Oscar voters and people who take themselves seriously. It's almost like it's a completely different art form and Mm -hmm. it's not, these are all movies and they're all in contention every year. I, I like this. I like that you used your, your moment to talk about snubs to, to go on that because you, you have a point. I personally don't know if I put Spider-Man in my tin. I know I had an awesome time. I know that it a million people had an awesome time three times because everyone went to go see it uh, yeah. multiple times in theaters. The the then there's obviously like we get in this weird like elitist question of like what who gets to decide what makes things good. Is the ticket seller like and so it, it, it gets deep, but really at the end of the day, I, I, it, it matters on Oscar night and it matters to me because I don't know, is Spider-Man actually a great film? Uh, mm. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if I'm, I know I would include more of those type of movies on my ballot than get included at the Oscars. That's for damn sure. And this last year, especially when Spider-Man single-handedly sl- web slings in and saves the entire film industry uh, while it's in peril, uh, come on at least if you're gonna give him a fan vote at least rig the fan vote you're putting on tw- twitter for goodness sakes right you're letting right. people vote multiple times H- hire some boss to go in there and at least give it some something at, at the end of the day uh, that's a whole nother i want to hear the the oral history of who the hell's idea that was in that same interview i was talking about with the the person who's um it's not a manager or producer, but it's the person who's, who's like making the show happen on Sunday. Mm. And they were asking about that. And his excuse was like, Hey, listen, we wanted this to be a, a, an award show for everybody. Even if no matter what kind of movie fan you are. And we wanted to have that conversation where people are talking and that's on Twitter. And I was like, yeah, that, that all makes sense. Worst idea you've ever had, because have you ever put <laughs> given the internet a vote? And, and has it ever gone well? Hey, everyone, I want you to help uh, rename this show right now. Should it be uh, Geek and the Wolf or it should be Butt Fart TV Time? And then what do you know? 98% of people thought, okay, now that's what we're called. Sorry, Renee. Like, right. who, how, why? And if you wanted to give Spider-Man something, that was not the right way to do it. No. 
Um, there is the like the idea that like it wins the box office, and that's like that's all the, that's all that's it, their it award, right? Indeed. But I don't. Yeah. I, I think that's also a cop out. I think that yeah. it's time for while we're opening our minds about what who gets to be included in certain categories. I also think we can be open minded about what gets included in what is what is a movie and what is a film and all of that. So I'm yeah. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you said all that. For my my snubs list, I'm the opposite. I have a lot. I have a lot. I have a lot of movies that I think were incredibly well done. And I think, and so I'm really going to use this as the, if you haven't seen this, you should see this moment of before we, we call it a wrap and just go into mm-hmm. Oscars night and never talk about 2021 again, uh, except <laughs> nightmare alley and film class for our grandchildren or something. But yeah, um, I'm going to start with the most lighthearted movie of all time. Barb and star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> I am not kidding. I saw the trailer, or like it wasn't even a trailer; it was a little teaser. And I go, "Well, that looks silly and absurd. What's happening?" And it's Kristen Wiig, and um, the her name's escaping me, but she made uh, my big fat Greek wedding. And there was one night; it was a silly mood, like it had a tough week. I put it on, and I am not kidding. I not only laughed, I laughed out loud. I not only laughed out loud; it was the entire movie from rewinding scenes. Which the amount of times I have that at a home viewing experience, like. Uh, on on the level of Anchorman or like any all-time great comedies. And I've heard, I'm so glad that people are doing their 2021 reviews. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have talked about how like that was an, an underrated movie. That should have been crowd pleaser of the year. And anyone who hasn't seen it, um, I can't condone drug usage, but if someone were to smoke a little weed, you can watch that movie. It's like, it's a mom movie at the end of the day too. My mom was like, hey, I need to laugh. What do you recommend? I was like, mom, listen to me right now. This Kristen Wiig movie is stellar. I laughed so hard i saw it with somebody else and we were literally stomachs in pain it was a fantastic dumb dumb great great movie i, lo- I want to live in a world where that gets dominated for stuff too but that's another like, that's another combo um in the more serious realm lady Macbeth could be on this list uh on, on any other year i think the directing was phenomenal the acting was phenomenal um not unlike west side story people don't really love it compared to the original or like certain ways of how it was executed people pick nits but overall this yeah. is a, a fantastic movie yeah. Annette, um i'm it's a weird one it's not a fun movie the word of mouth did not play well for it it was a bizarre musical super well done um leo mm-hmm. scorax i think is the name of the director adam driver marianne cotillard who've been recognized before i'm surprised it didn't get some more conversation but i don't think anyone had a great time except me and i was literally sitting there mouth wide open at the theater it's like i can't believe this is happening before me um, the card counter, uh, uh, oh. Paul Schrader hmm. writes and directs this one. Oscar Isaac, God bless the man. Um, Ty Sheridan and Tiffany Haddish in supporting roles. Phenomenal human drama. Um, very cool, slick movie. At the end of the day, um, it's kind of like the Aaron Sorkin problem where someone who's a writer is trying to direct movies too, and it's not coming yeah. across, um, as polished or like they're they i think maybe um if possible paul schrader could hand over the reins for directing but honestly unlike aaron sorkin i still thought it was very well done and well directed um just maybe a little more it's it's a little simple where like that's not necessarily his forte but loved that movie had a had an awesome time watching that at home was very moved um Tatane, uh bizarre i'm glad you brought that up because did that you watch was- it I not was, yet, not okay. yet. But it, I, I, it's it's yeah. on my it's on my queue. 
because okay. there was so much talk about that coming out of Cannes <laughs> that you know, yeah. and you usually like the 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 big talk movie from Cannes gets a lot of recognition around yeah. this time of year, and that just disappeared from the from yeah. the conversation as a whole. If you wanted to make uh, a movie that was so immoral that American audiences wouldn't want to see it or tell people that they had seen it, um, where they would be embarrassed to mention it to their friends or coworkers. Uh, or if you wanted to make a movie that was just so nauseating in how realistic the body horror was that even the genre fans, like it, it, only the most extreme ones are going to see it. I, th that's not too unlike Nightmare Alley. I left stomach upset and even more sad. I saw it. I was in Austin, Texas. I got a burger during it at one of those, uh, theaters that also serves food and i'm not kidding halfway through the movie i was like put it away i was like no this isn't happening i can't watch this movie and <laughs> i'm uh don't watch it on a night where you haven't slept or you're having a weak stomach if you're up for it and you want to do that challenge it is an amazing movie regardless of what's actually happening on the screen there's some mm -hmm. bizarre things that i've never thought i would see in my life even in my imagination or my weirdest nightmares some really amazing things happening the acting is phenomenal. The directing is phenomenal. Every single aspect of that movie is so well done. It's just, I think it's just too much of a freak show to, to, work, to package and sell to American audiences. They would have almost had to do that thing where you don't tell them what it is, and then and people end up saying, oh, I thought it was going to be a, a shocky, scary type of movie, and, mm -hmm. and then they're disappointed. So um, I'm not surprised it didn't get um, wide viewing having seen it, but... I have to recommend it to anyone who's up for that. Um, it was it was super well done. Um, even though it's not my genre, it's not for me, but it was regardless, you had, I had to give it props there. Um, another one that was criminally underseen was Nine Days. Um, the This is one where I've heard a few other critics in like, it was so, it was at theaters for only a couple weeks or so. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard a few other critics put it on their, a few critics put it on their end of the year list. Um, and they were, and somebody was even putting it, um, I think it was on NPR. They were talking about like movies that they wanted to lift up to people to go see because it hadn't had been underseen. Um, the, the cast was really good. It was Winston Duke, who's most popular is playing M'Baku in Black Panther. Oh, right. Zazie okay. Beetz is in it. Benedict Wong. And these are all people who have superhero careers. And then right. they do the one for me, one for them thing. And they get to make this indie and, oh my God, for a human story about the meaning of life it was beautiful it was astonishing i remember it was i saw it because it was only in theaters for a little bit i had to post about it on social media and literally um uh, winston duke and benedict wong and i think it was the director or somebody else they all like reposted it because they were trying like it, some of their feeds were just hey everyone please go see this movie it was nice. awesome. Like it was a it was a moment, but it also felt like the best kept secret in the world. And I told a friend about it, and then they ha they went and saw, it and they go, "Oh my god, you were right." So if anyone wants a beautiful, life affirming world, like that makes you, it, it answers those questions of like the purpose of being alive so beautifully. It's it's hard to describe. I don't even want to get into the synopsis or the plot, but just go see it. Um, the trailer almost made me think it was going to be like a horror movie or something scarier or like psychological drama. And there is some psychology to it for sure, but it is not upsetting at all. Um, it is an intense, uh, psychologically intense movie, 
but mm-hmm. it is more uh, it, is, it is so beautiful and so well done i i wish that that movie had gotten any amount of credit um including oscar nominations or, or anything else that to me was criminally underseen um i'll go through the rest of this more quickly in the heights we've talked about I loved it. Saw it multiple times. That should have gotten more cred. Uh, Lost Daughters should be on the best picture list. I don't know why it's not. I'm almost... I had to double check and see, like, did I miss that? Um, it doesn't make sense to me, especially when it's yeah. got other categories. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that one, though. Passing is one that we we only mentioned when we're talking about um, snubs for, for acting. But right. that was um, another actress debut film. Uh, Rebecca Hall, super, super well done. That was another one of those that was b- barely in theaters. Um, I'm so glad I got to see it while it was there. Um, uh, Tessa Thompson, Ruth Nega, very powerful, important drama. Well done, especially for a first-time director. Really well mm-hmm. done. Um, and then some of the other ones, I, I'm, I got to go to Austin Film Festival this year, which was one of my first times to go to an in-person film festival and just like see as many things as I could. I'm so glad I did because at the end of the day, got to see Worst Person in the World. Didn't know that it was going to be taken so seriously at the Oscars, and I would eventually want to watch it anyway. Um, yeah. Love that. Come on, come on. You mentioned it. Uh, Walking Phoenix, playing a human dude. We don't get to see that enough. It was it was really well yeah. done. And um, I love that director. Um, their their movie Beginners is one of my favorite films. Um, I that, that was a really special movie. Spencer, uh, we talked about uh, in acting especially, but that, that could be in Best Picture or Best Director. Um, another uh, international film, Luca Guadagnino, directed The Hand of God this year. And this is the person who made Call Me By Your Name, uh, which is oh, my, okay. if we'll, I'll plug my letterbox later. It's my number two or number one movie of all time, depending on what day it is. Um, that was really well done, coming of age story about the director's childhood, which is another theme that we've mentioned here. Um, it's a thing. Uh, you mentioned French Dispatch. We've mentioned House of Gucci a lot. And then we mentioned Flea uh, this episode a bunch. So I, I could see any of those in this Best Picture um, category. A lot of the other ones I mentioned, everyone should go see it. And then most importantly, the number one film of 2021. Yona, what do you think? What do you think you're going to say, Renee? Um, you're going to say Space Lamb. Jam. Lamb? Space Lamb? <laughs> Space Jam, P- Space Pig 2, A Nicolas Cage Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, space yeah. You just too. you just reminded me, pig. Uh-huh. I would totally uh-huh. put pig on this list. Yeah, and it's not on my list, but I get. Yeah, why isn't it here? It should be somewhere. Actor, give me something. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. That was a great movie, for sure. Movie. Yeah, and 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 I'm not joking. Like like seriously, like pig is an uh, a movie that I think was well deserved of a watch. Uh, one of Nicolas Cage's best performances in God knows how long. 92 uh, minutes long? Just yeah. watch it. It was good. Yeah. I wasn't mad about it, it at all. Huge surprise. Pleasant, yeah. pleasant surprise. Yeah. But yeah, no, for sure. Space Jam 2 needed to have a nod here. Um, you know, I think LeBron James should have been nominated for Best Actor. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Don Best Supporting. Don Cheadle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, for playing Lola Bunny. Yeah. Great, no, great. Absolutely. One of the most important characters in film history. And yeah. it's a difficult role to pull off. We talked about this with West Side Story. Um mm-hmm. when you're and we talked about this with, with Tragedy of Macbeth. If yeah. you're if you're gonna make something and it's it's tough to compare to the original, but my God, did they pull it off? Oh, they committed. That's the thing. They yeah. really committed to it. And I yeah. think they did a brilliant job at doing that. So I could have waited twenty years of my life for that fucking movie. And that's that's the shitty product. All right, joke's over, folks. <laughs> this is our last episode before we do our brackets. That movie was such trash. 
I waited. That was my favorite movie when I was a boy, Space Jam 1. And I said, you know what? I'm 33, 34 years old. I'm going to go see Space Jam 2. People aren't giving it the credit, but it's going to be great. And what shit? What the hell was that? I We need to do... You want to do a breakdown of Space Jam 2? <laughs> yeah, we need to do a watch party and the live reaction podcast. I'm, I'm going to... What the hell? I need to know how how it got so bad. I was yeah. joking. I don't know if you knew this, Renee. I was joking every other time when I said it was a snub in, in every single category. It was not Oh, you were? Dude. I thought yeah, you were serious. Kidding. No, it was a bit. And oh. good God, it was bad. It's time. I have to be honest now. Um, this I, I can't keep living with this lie. What a car wreck. Uh, it's just someone took all my family photo albums that my mother had been meticulously crafting for years, all my cherished childhood possessions, and s- burned them in front of me in a movie theater while like seven other people coughed and ate popcorn next to me. What an awful night. Ugh. I almost wish that, that movie theaters had closed forever just so I never would have had to see Space Jam 2. It you made me regret <laughs> imagine that was the movie to put the death nail in the coffin for movie theaters amc regal alamo cinemark all of them go bankrupt because of the release of space jam 2 amc is now bought out by another company and what do you know it's now a wendy's franchise sorry everyone (laughs) it's a it's a dunkin donuts pizza hut hybrid yeah Oh my God! No, no, great. Yeah. Uh, no, great list there. The serious list, like really, really good yeah. list there. Um, a lot of good mentions. You reminded me of some of the other movies too, as well, um, which is really good. Um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, final predictions here. Um, again, you have a lot of good movies, a good selection here. P- uh, movies that deserve to be on the list. Um, a few that are somewhat question- questionable, but for you. What is your personal favorite and what do you think is the lock to win this year's uh, best film? My personal favorite was Space Jam 2. My lock, (laughs) what I think is going to win is um, Power of the Dog. It has the most nominations. That's to me feels like the safest money. It's not as much of a lock as best director. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Power of the Dog is who I'm going to put on my ballot. Um, mm. Renee, if I change it to the last minute, I still get credit if I'm if, if the new answer is right. But I'm sure what will probably happen is I'll overthink it, I'll change it to the last minute, and then it'll end up being Power of the Dog anyway, because right, right now that feels like the safest money. Um, there are so many. Let me pull up, pull up the list for my actual... Oh, here we go. For the actual... My personal choice, this is a tough one. I put, I think I put Drive My Car for Director right, and then Licorice Pizza yeah. to me was maybe one of the ones where I had the best time. <clears throat> Nightmare Alley might be the most effective movie as far as directing from this list. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have to say I can't, I can't do the Space Jam two bit again, can I? To stall, um, say if I had a vote because there's the other question is is it what's my personal favorite or what do I think is the best because what I think is the best I probably would give it to Nightmare Alley or Drive My Car but my personal favorite what I had the best time with at the theater it'd have to be eh. West Side Story is going to take second place to Licorice Pizza and um, that's just what I enjoyed the most in the theater having a good time with the kind of movie that is made for me not necessarily what I think is best and definitely not what I think will win 
is right. lower, way lower on those lists. What about okay. you, man? No, that's good. Um, I think, uh, like, like I mentioned before, if if the world was catered to me and I had, you know, if there was going to be a winner in this list, it would be Drive My Car. Again, I would love to see, again, uh, another Parasite moment where, you know, director, best film, uh, bring more audiences to watch Japanese cinema because I, I do think you know, more eyes need to watch these Japanese movies because there's so much good ones that come out every year. Um, I do know... It does look like Power of the Dog is the ultimate favorite to win this right now. Um, but I am going to go on a limb here and say Power of the Dog won't win. Yeah. I'm going to say that Coda is uh, going to win uh, Best uh, Film this year. Uh, again, it's if you look at recent award ceremonies, Coda is getting definitely more attention when it comes to this category. We're not talking about directing. We're not talking about you know maybe actor or actress or anything like that. But I do feel like that the momentum is kind of swaying towards Coda right now. Um, and I do think if we are to think, voting ended I think on Feb on this past Friday or Saturday. Um, you know, and I think if you're talking about the new generation of voters, you know, they're the ones that got this movie on the list to begin with, right? For a reason. Just like, you know, they got Drive My Car on the list, Nightmare Alley on the list and all that stuff like that. Um, if Coda is getting so recognized, I have a feeling that this could be the sleeper hit of the awards ceremony. Um, could it be a situation where, again, people at that year thought La La Land was going to run away with Best Feature, and then it, all of a sudden it was Moonlight, even though it was announced La La Land, and then you know the whole um, crazy shenanigans that happened during that um, presentation. But Moonlight ran away with that movie, with that award that year, uh, which yeah. a lot of people were not expecting, right? So could this be another situation where maybe this is the case here too? Um, so this is my, you know, Steph Curry, three-point shot, two seconds on the clock. I think Coda is going to run away and surprise a lot of people in this category. I, I honestly, I, because the momentum says that you're right, I feel like it's a red herring where it's the kind of thing mm -hmm. where people are talking about it more than they were before and are surprised mm -hmm. by the momentum and then that kind of like begets its own momentum. There, We talked about it, there's a chance that it is in enough two and three spots with the ranked choice voting that it ends up winning out. I think that uh, more people have it lower and uh, so many people have power of the dog number one on their list that it might win out. But I think you're right. That's definitely my second choice as far as most likely. And that's a fun, it's a fun place to live in when on Sunday night, you don't know what'll happen. And right. if, if, if you have, I, I love chaos. I always give me the surprise, even if uh, power of the dog is, is, is um, what I would, would choose or what I would think would win or I'd rather lose the the Oscar pool and have anything else win and just have a fun night where other films get get recognized except Anthony Hopkins beating Chadwick Boseman absolutely unacceptable that was fucked up that was gross and weird and rude and wrong I don't feel good about that still I hope that never happens again or anything on that on that level because that was weird. I, I, Anthony Hopkins gave a great performance. That was fucking weird that they did that. I hated it. Yeah. So, yeah, so no. this year will have to be better than that. No matter what happens, any movie could win this. As, and that won't be the last taste in our mouths, unlike last year, because that was just un horrible. Right. Yeah. Th this I mean, year has to be. 
Yeah, you, uh, you, you would hope, right? I mean, we, we said this before, on any given Sunday, who knows, right? You know, this could be one of those things where, yeah, it could be a sure thing, or we could get a surprise here and there, right? We, we just won't know until those winners are announced. But that's what makes it exciting for people like you and I, who are so such big lovers of film and, and movies in general, just just to see what is going to be recognized or not. And like you, if Coda doesn't win, but Power of the Dog does, I understand. I get it. You know, it's not a bad movie. I totally understand that. Um, will you see me jumping up and going nuts if Coda was announced? Hell yeah. Because yeah. again, like I, I do feel like it would be great for a movie like that to get recognized. Um, but yeah, even if, it, if we just, if it gets that one win with Troy, then I'm, I'm pretty happy about that as well. Cause yeah. again, that will be the little nod to this was a good movie and here's your recognition for it. But, uh, but yeah, but at the end of the day, doesn't matter what the fuck you we think we want to know what all of you guys think you know what are your choices here like what are your favorites from all of last year you know who you would you peg to be the main winner in this category um or directing you know because we talked about that earlier uh let us know in the comments and you know let's have a discussion and conversation it's going to be fun to see what happens during awards time so uh it's just around the corner it's just like like you said a week away so i'm really really excited and happy Happy to see what's going to happen and stay tuned in the channel because we are going to have an episode where we fill out our Oscar ballots and we compare our, our list and we are going to cover the smaller categories because I do think they are still very important and they should be recognized for sure even though the, the Oscars themselves don't think so but uh, we'll stay tuned in the channel for that and stay tuned in the channel because we may be doing a live reaction broadcast of the entire award ceremony. Stay tuned to the channel for details on that as uh, Blake and I try to figure out the logistics behind it. But if we do pull it off, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and if anything, if we don't get to do that, maybe we'll do like a quick live reaction after the show is done to kind of talk about the show as a whole. So, But yeah, best way to, to keep up to date with all of that is to subscribe to this channel, y'all. And hit that notification bell so you'll get notified every time a new video is uploaded and what have you so any final comments or thoughts about best film directing what have you um just quickly shouting out um in the comments from our, our last video or two videos ago we were talking about actor and actress people yeah. definitely getting dirty about the uh, the getting down and dirty into it with the will smith um yep. situation uh, find me in the comments. I will be replying and I will be trolling people too. I have no shame. I happen to agree with just about everything everybody said, uh, but I still might just throw out some, some controversial opinions anyway, just to, to muddy the waters a little bit. Other than the nice. comment section underneath this video, um, you can find me. Um, I'm on, I'm on Letterboxd. Um, all the movies that I mentioned earlier with the ones that um, were, were underseen, I, I rank every single movie that I see as soon as I see it. I'm at 2,600 now or so. I have lists of favorite movies. Um, I love that that app, and it's a it's it's a it's a just another app that um, a lot of people, not enough people use, but it's like Goodreads for movies. I love that thing, and I, I need more people should be on there. Um, on there, my screen name is uh, Blake Wolf, B L A K E W O L F S S N, like Blake Wolf's screen name. Um, and please follow me on Letterboxd. I need to get my numbers up. There you go. Like we, like I said in previous episodes, let's get him to at least nineteen. Come on, that's that's he's only two away, 
two away. <laughs> this could happen, y'all. This could app. happen. All my yeah. friends need to be on this app. It's such a cool app. I love it's a, the user interface is actually great, but I'm obsessed with it. Logged everything on there. Um, come come through. Find me at find me at Letterbox or the comments below. No, definitely, and it it is a great app and tool to use as a film lover in general because you get to keep a log of all the movies you've watched, create your own list and what have you. So definitely a cool app. I should be utilizing it more, uh, but I'm glad that Blake is taking full advantage of that. Um, as for myself, you know, Loki Geek. You can follow me. Everything that you see on screen or in the description of this episode. Instagram, Twitter, what have you, and of course, the Loki Geek channel. Don't forget, subscribe, like, notification bell, all that good stuff. And if you want audio formats of these episodes, you could find it on your podcast platform of choice on the Loki Geek channel uh, there, and you could download all of these episodes plus additional stuff that is uploaded throughout the week. So with that being said, I'm Renee. That's Blake. This has been fun. We'll catch you next time. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and... Bye. See you on the red carpet. Da, 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 da.